This is a podcast. Big news. We're, com- we're doing the show live at the Sydney Fringe Festival, September 11 and September 18, 9pm, the Factory Theatre, Marrickville. We're going to be there live. I'll be there. Ryan will be there. Josh will be there. Dave may be there. We're not sure yet. Plus, we've got some big name guests lined up. To get your tickets, visit sydneyfringe.com or check out comedyonedge.com and follow us on Twitter at Comedy on Edge. We'll be announcing some guests in the coming months. Thank you for supporting the show. And now... Let's get to this week's show. Dave, hit the music. Welcome everybody to Comedy on Edge, the podcast. I'm your host, Mark Williamson. It's a very special record today because Dave Keishan, producer Dave's not here, intern Lester's not here, even Josh isn't here. So our standby techie today was comedian Michael Connell. He blessed record. He's <laughs> wooing in the background. He's now gone downstairs to write some jokes. And my guest today, he's he's in from interstate, Harley Breen. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, thank you for being here, mate. Welcome. Yeah, welcome to Sydney. You're sort of, a, you become a bit, of, you're on the road a lot with comedy, yeah? I am on the road. Well, such is the case for yeah. Australian comedy. You can't, you can't really uh, stay put. I mean, I don't think you can stay put uh, anywhere in the world. I think if you're a touring comic, you know, even the big cities like London or New York, comics that are based there, they've got to get around. So that's what you got to do. True, true. So now you're now I've done all my research off Wikipedia. You're Queensland. <laughs> Am I on <original>? Wikipedia? <laughs> Maybe not. I googled Harley. No. I did my research by just, you know, stalking you on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. It's funny, like, yeah. I've stopped using Wikipedia. We had Scott Dooley a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like, so you've done this, you've done He goes, nah, it's all made up. It's yeah, all right. So, you know, true. <laughs> but from my knowledge of you, you're originally from Queensland, now Melbourne-based? That's correct. I grew up in uh, country Queensland and then moved down to Melbourne uh, 10 years ago or a week ago. Oh, wow. So a week ago was my 10-year anniversary Ten year, well, of congratulations. living in, in the South. Yeah, We must have done, because this is like, oh, actually, it's last August now. It's 10 years I've been in Sydney. I moved from Hobart. Yeah, right. There so, you go. So, yeah, sort of we're around. Swapped the, over. Yeah, we sort of, yeah. both went Passed from, in the air. Both went from country towns to yeah, right. bigger cities. What country town were you in? Oh, Hobart. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, fair enough. I love Hobart, but let's be honest. We're not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I did move from a country town to Brisbane first, so then moved from another country town to Melbourne. <laughs> Yeah, done the way. but then last year you sort of yeah on the road Melbourne Sydney Adelaide and you went to India last year. I did. I uh, went to do the Melbourne International Comedy Festival Roadshow that has now gone off the road into the plane and into India. I mean they've been going to Singapore for a few years and then they added Hong Kong I think last year and then India was the natural progression. Oh yeah. And it worked. It was a lot of fun. Was it good? Like, how what, what were the crowd expats, or was it? No, that was the best part about it. So I've done, uh, I've done a little bit of stuff through Asia, through other um, agencies, uh, and even you know the Edinburgh Festival and gigs in London. And I find there's a lot of Aussies everywhere that you go that yeah. want to come and see comedy, and especially in like Singapore and Jakarta, there was mostly it was all you know Aussie expats and British expats. But in India, it was just Indians. Oh, wow. And which is pretty much what you could say about anywhere you go in India. It was just, <laughs> like, even really touristy places like the Taj Mahal, you still didn't see a lot of whitey. It was just, oh, just Indians. Indians, yeah. And how, like, how, obviously, like, a city of what, billion, or a country of a billion people. 1.2, 1. yeah. 1.2. How yeah. did they go? Like, what, who were the other acts you were on with? So it was uh, Dave Callan was the uh, MC, and then uh, Smart Casual. Oh, nice. Matt O'Kine. 
Cal Wilson and myself. And how did how did it go? Was there like any anything that tra- joke translation didn't translate well? Or? Well, I think everybody that was on sort of does a lot of either personal stuff or um, per, you know, personal observations of universal ideas. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of Australian centric sort of things being talked about, and also in India, um, English is a mandatory language. Oh, really? So. Um, the official national language is Hindi. Hindi, yeah. And then there's also local dialects. There's yeah. something, something like I don't know. There's numbers get thrown at me in India. There's of a, yeah, there's a lot of yeah. numbers of things, and everyone kept saying the different things. So I won't even try and say how many languages there are, but there's a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then everyone has to learn English, but that sort of depends on what class system you're yeah. in because it's a very class orientated yeah. uh, country. And so mostly we were playing to the upper middle class. Because um, they're who can afford the yeah, ticket, yeah, the and that's ticket. who goes out to the sort of venues we were at. And so they all spoke English. They'd, they'd all been to university in either Australia or Britain or America. So it was it was like performing to a, a Western audience. Ah, how was it? Uh, did you do a bit of travelling while you were there? Sort of. Well, it was uh, it was a t- two week trip, two, uh, um, and there was eight shows in four cities. So we travelled heaps, but it was all to get to the next place to do the show. So we started off in Mumbai. Which is uh, just has the small population of twenty million in a city. Tiny, tiny. <laughs> in the same size as Melbourne City, it has twenty million. Wow! And it's, it's like a peninsula. It's reclaimed land. There's a lot of. Oh, uh, wow! Yeah, so it's it's out on a peninsula, and it's just chaotic. And then we went from there inland about three hours to Pune, Pune, Pune. However you want to say yeah. it, it all gets pronounced in different ways depending on who's saying it. Um, which uh, oh, I don't know. I think it was about thirteen, fourteen million depending on who you asked once again. And then yep, we went yeah. down south to Bangalore, Bangaluru, uh, and that was about 15 million as well. And then right up into the north to New Delhi, which is oh, 20, 21 million. That's fascinating. How is like a city? I, I like, that's one thing, like adjusting. When I moved to Tassie to Sydney, I couldn't get over the people everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And Sydney, I mean, Sydney's, it's a big city, but it's not even a quarter of like no, some of the ones. Yeah, you, yeah. It's, I think, four million. And a big area. Yeah, and it's Huge spread. Area. Yeah, it's yeah, massive. Like, yeah. probably goes from, yeah. Oh yeah, from pretty much the central coast to well, this area Penrith. in um, in India would probably have a hundred million. Yeah, it's because the landmass of India is the size of Western Australia. Oh, oh yeah, so yeah, yeah <laughs> in so the space of just Western Australia, they've got a billion 1. people. 1.2 billion, yeah. Oh, if Gina Reinhardt has a way, she'll have a couple more <laughs> yeah, more people yeah, over yeah. in WA getting them to dig things the out. The best number I heard was this: that India has the second largest population of Muslims in the world. Well, the, the second oh, wow. largest population of Muslims live in India, second to Indonesia. Yeah, um, and they're a minority in India at a hundred million. Wow, <laughs> it's just like it just boggles the mind. Yeah, how is it like though? Like I, I, everyone I've heard from India, the wealth disparity. Like, is it? Pretty, oh, it's off the charts. Yeah, it's like, absolutely off the charts. Is it like walking down the streets? Is it a case of beggars everywhere, or are you sort of shielded from that? Being no, no, there's no no, no shielding at all. Like, uh, this is the the biggest juxtaposition of the class was. In um, Mumbai, there's a house that is worth $1 billion. And when I said it, everyone I was on tour with, like, whatever, man, as if you know that. How do you know that shit? I don't believe it. And then every driver we got in, I asked them about it, and they all just kept going, yep, yep, yep. And one driver said, no, it was actually worth $2 billion, so whatever. We <laughs> saw the house, and it's this massive, I think it's 
20 plus stories. I think I've um, actually read a story. I know the yeah, house. It's a skyscraper. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a skyscraper. It's, a, it's an office building and it's ugly, which is really unfortunate because <laughs> yeah. I love architecture and with that amount of money, you could have made something beautiful. Yeah. We're talking about a country that made the Taj Mahal. Yeah, One of the most br- beautiful buildings exactly. in the world that made and a skyscraper. It's pretty gross. Uh, it's the guy that um, half owns Reliance Insurance. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, he's, he's one half of that business. Um, and there's four people who live in it. And at the bottom is this huge slum of people wow. that can't afford, that probably earn, I don't know, maybe 30 bucks in the year. Yeah. Like nothing, don't have anything. And then yeah, the, there's four people who live in this place. It's like, what? Yeah. That's, that? That's not okay. Yeah, no, not it. Yeah, that... It's pretty hard to come to terms with too. You're over there just, and it's sort of, bombard you everywhere you go you're like oh god and there's you know people begging at the windows and you're told not to give them money I'm like why not I got it why don't I yeah. just yeah. give them money yeah that's that's one thing like um, when, when I moved to like actually when I went in Tassie and this is probably me being ignorant but you walk through this Hobart CBD when I was growing up there were not people begging for money there were not like I, there were no homeless pe- pro- homeless people obviously existed sure, yeah. but they're not there and I remember I went to hol- on holidays when I in uni to Melbourne and the first week I was there, I was in Burke Street Mall and people, they're coming up asking for money. Like they, they give you the sob stories. And I was like, oh, here's five bucks. Have five bucks. Because <laughs> yeah, I right. believed it. Like someone <laughs> yeah. goes, I need petrol for my car. Fucking have it. Yeah, and have one, five guy, bucks. one guy came up and he gave me a page of poems. And I'm like, oh yeah, thanks man. Oh, oh, I know donation. the poem guy. Yeah, you know it? Yeah. I they, know the poem guy. Yeah, they were good. Like that was my first, I'm like, oh cool, this is okay. But that's yeah, okay. Actually. You've purchased poems. Yeah. Well, that, that like made that. me feel better. But then I remember when I got to Sydney, it's sort of like, it's a little bit, like the difference in, in Melbourne, everyone's got a story to get money. In Sydney, yeah. they just ask for it. Yeah, right. Which I kind of appreciate. But yeah, it just, and then like people tell you, oh, don't give them money. It's like, well, why not? Like. I think it's a personal choice. Yeah. Whatever you do, just be nice about it. Yeah, yeah. You can you can totally choose to not give them money, mm. but don't be an asshole about not give, giving them money. Yeah, yeah. Know? Like I remember, I did get in Melbourne around comedy festival one time. There was there's one one guy who's a bit pushy. He was telling me the story his girlfriend needed help, and I gave him the dollar. Like I just, I only had a dollar on me because it was comedy festival. Let's be honest, it's not the most profitable time of year. And yes, I remember, yes, you I gave him the dollar, the dollar and he's like, oh, and he kept, and I go, oh man, that's okay. You've got the dollar, and then he got angry at me for not listening to his story, and it was like. Okay, and then do you know Amelia Jane Hunter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the lovely. She was there, and she's like, "Look, you got your dollar now. Get out!" <laughs> I was like, but I was worried about this guy because he was a guy I'd seen all the time. Then the next night, he came up to me and started telling me the story again, like he hadn't. Dude, I paid for this story yeah, last night. Like, you got your dollar, man. It. You know, it's like, so are you doing? Is this a festival show that I don't know yeah, about? It probably yeah. was. But yeah, it but, was Nick Sum. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't tell you a story for the dollar. He'd just be, you know, playing the Seinfeld theme and screaming like a pig for a dollar under a table. Under a table. He's back in the country, actually, old Nick. I didn't know he left. He, oh, he's been. Hey, Nick. Hey, Nick. He's been in London for two years. All oh, right. Yeah. I don't pay attention. I've got a two and a half year old, so that's what I've been focused on for the last oh, two years. That's fair. How did he go with that with the tour, like with the little the little kitty? Oh, it's pretty hard. Yeah. Um, you know, each time I leave, he changes exponentially while I'm gone. Like. When you're there, it's sort of, you know, bits and pieces day to day. But when you go, like the, the biggest time I've spent away from him was two months. Mm-hmm. And there was a, in the first month, I flew home and got him and took him back on tour for a week with me. Yeah. Flew him home again, did another week, then went home for a day and then went off for a month. So that was the full two months. And in that time, like he went from being able to speak to being able to talk in sentences and... 
and sort of like each time it changes more and more and I just think one day I'm going to walk in the house and he's going to be walking out with his pregnant girlfriend I'm going to be like where are you going fuck off man you had your chance and then cats <laughs> in the cradle in the silver <laughs> and but look it's a it's a it's hard for a touring comic. I know, you know, there's a lot of guys that have been mentors for mine and are mates of mine now that are older that have kids mm-hmm. who have been good about it. They're like, you're fine, man. It'll be fine. Because when I'm home, I'm not a nine to five or I'm not a, you know, I don't have to go yeah. off to a job. I can have him all day when I'm home. So we have a good relationship. But it's pretty difficult. Yeah, no. We, well, Skype and like technology must be making it a little. Well, I mean, it's probably probably not not the same, but still it's a little. It's good. I, I don't like Skype and he doesn't really like it much either. Ah. Both of us get a little bit frustrated. <laughs> the initial is like, oh, hey, oh, this is good. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, well, no, but I want to cuddle. So, oh. yeah, it's hard. And I, I find myself becoming very emotional. I cry now when I watch ads. Oh. I'll have a, I was watching a home makeover show yesterday in my hotel room. I love home makeover shows. It's yeah. excellent. And this girl has some rare form of diabetes. And so they were helping her out. And then all these other kids that she's helped out with fundraising were helping oh. on the house. And then she's hugging this little girl that's got this oxygen pipe coming out of her nose and they're crying and then I'm sitting on the couch just going oh god like, what? what am I what am I doing you know that um, movie Warrior with um, yeah. oh, the Aussie guy yeah what's his Edgerton or yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and um, Nick Nolte and um, yeah. the dude from Batman what's his name the bad guy anyway oh yeah yeah I know so they're fighters and whatever the, the older brother who's Edgerton his name mm. is Randall who's my older brother's name Oh. And my older brother is my best mate. Oh. And so then they're fighting and then they get together at the end and they oh. hug and the dad is watching. And then I went, <laughs> oh. That's a, next time you see your brother, you're just going to sort of throw <laughs> yeah, him a just punch just him. so you can reenact yeah, that. Yeah, um, just what, put his jaw out. What did your brother do? Did, like you're in a comedy, did he follow? Oh, what does my brother not do? He's, not do uh, he's a, a renaissance man. Oh. He he, um, well, he he left school when he was uh, in grade 10 and became got his apprenticeship as a carpenter. And then after 10 years of that, went back to uni and got his degree in social science and then worked with street kids um, and then was the owner, uh, part owner and um, uh, general manager of an art organisation, gallery, art studio space. He was the head curator as well and then got right into his own art practice and became a sculptor and then three years ago bought a farm and now runs... Um, organic uh, beef. Oh, wow. That's, <laughs> he's really, packed a lot. He's packed a lot into life. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Are you, now you've, how long have you been doing comedy now? Sort of? so it's 11 years. It was 11? Did you, 10, was there a trade? Well, in Melbourne for 10, so yeah, it must be 11. Was there a trade before that? Or a, any, any, any? No, I got, I got fuck all to fall back you on. You got fuck all, yes. <laughs> I'm not my brother. I, 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 mate. Look, I did six months of... Um, uh, a prevocational course yeah. um, in uh, carpentry and, and joinery. So I was going to go into being a cabinet maker yeah. to find find furniture and got a job out of that course. I got a job with a fine furniture maker but didn't want to give me an apprenticeship. Well, no, couldn't give me an apprenticeship. He wasn't a tradesman. But he was uh, excellent uh. at what he did. So I was just learning on that. And then I've had 35 or oh, probably about 38 jobs. Um, from, you know, I've worked as a farmhand, I've worked as a personal carer, I've worked uh, as an after-school carer, worked in offices, whatever. Um, and I did go to uni. I left school when I was 15, 
went back to my night school, then ended up at uni when I was about 21 doing um, psychology and then got so frustrated with the age of people that were in their first year because when you're – like I think I can cope with it better now at 33 yeah. than I could at 21 because at 21 I'd been out of school and working and hitchhiking around and working on farms since I was 15 years old and these guys are 17 and just came out of school and were – Fucking idiots. Like, just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just idiots. Like, and, and rightly so. They're 17 years old. It's fine. Or 18. Yeah. Um, turning 18. And, and they're having fun with life. And good on them. But I was 21, and I'm so much older and more mature, <laughs> and you big dickheads. I just couldn't cope with the whole scene vibe. I went to a few frat-style parties and just went, nah, and quit after Tell me when one of those students who, like, you're in the chutes when you're going, look, in the real world, in the real <laughs> yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, I was one of those arseholes, uh, adult students, and I was only 21. So, so like, because I, I did economics degree, and I, like, I pretty much straight out, and I took, I went to uni, and then I took six, like, I went to uni and just burned out, like, I partied myself stupid the yeah, first right. year, yeah, and then yeah. took the rest of it, then I went back the next year, as more focused, but... Our mature age student, we had a lot of 40 and 50 year old people. Like, yeah. I think they, you know, got retrenched and have come back. And then it just used to be the bane of my life. You'd go into a lecture and you'd be hearing economic theory and they'd be like, well, in the real world, in the, and, uh, yeah. but then the, the, they had the last laugh because I remember when I came out of uni, my first job was with a bank and I had all these ideas from uni. I had the HR, I thought this is going to be great. And I got in there and I realized, in the real world, my theory is worth shit. Yeah, right. It is a yeah, class system. Yeah, yeah. You are treated like crap. And yeah, yeah, I lasted at Westpac about a year. And yeah, then, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's just so that last laugh on the students. Yeah, so no, no, I never ended up getting my uh, my fallback plan. But I guess now, <laughs> to save face, I would say that that's the plan, is if you have fall, if you have something to fall back on, you'll fall back on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, I think and it's I'm true. I'm sinking or swimming. You know, I've, this is all I've got. I better keep going or my kid won't eat. <laughs> well, look, I think think in India that's where the future is going to be. You know, you do yeah. that, build that audience up, do a solo show, run. You know, if, even if you get like point zero zero one percent of the population come to a yeah. show, there's a couple of thousand. It's yeah. got to be worth. man. There's in in New Delhi. There, are, uh, I'm sure this was the number given to me. There's thirty professional comedians. Wow. What? <laughs> there's like at Melbourne Comedy Festival. There's 420 shows with over a thousand performers. In Melbourne and in New yeah. Delhi with 21 million people. There's 30. Just 30 dudes. Because the UK Comedy Store, they've got... Yeah, we went there yeah, in Mumbai. And how, is, is it packing out? Is it? Yeah, it's full. With Indian... Well, they, they, a lot of UK acts do come out and play it, but the, the calendar for when we were there, within the period around the time we were there, was just all Indian acts. An Indian version of the vagina monologues. Um, like an Indian... Uh, I think he was a bit of a TV star, but he's, you know, he's a stand-up comic... Um, uh, guys that do some sort of political satire sketch sort of stuff that that was all that was on it was that's, wonderful that's great yeah. like that is and we couldn't get in you couldn't get in we even tried to you know name drop like anyone gives a shit who we are but we got we were just sort of saying look we're here on tour from yeah, Australia yeah, we're yeah, all yeah. professional comedians we just really want to see how it works here and he goes I'm sorry man there's literally no room in there Wow, that's... And when they say that in India, that means there's yeah, no yeah, room. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I've no seen room. the buses yeah, and trains. Yeah. There's no room, man. <laughs> like, yeah, no, All I, the rafter space is taken. There is no room. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, it's like, oh, maybe Cal Wilson, you can hang from a rafter. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Harley, just, Harley yeah. for those... Google, he's a big man, probably wouldn't fit in there. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's amazing, like, that it's... And I hope it booms. Like, my thing is, in Sydney, Sydney's got an amazing, massive Asian population because a lot yeah, of people yeah. come over for the yep. tourists. 
I would love an Asian, like a Chinese, Cantonese-speaking comics. I think that is the I future. I think it's about to start happening yeah. here in Australia, where we'll have bilingual comedy mm. being performed. Well, there's Anthony Salome. He came. He broke onto the scene because he came onto the scene. His one of his first shows was selling out the Enmore Theatre, which is two thousand seats. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's I'm on with him. I'm on him with him tonight. Yeah, as well. lovely, lovely guy, yeah, and great. yeah, great act. Um, you know how he did it? The show was in English and Arabic. Yeah, right. Genius. I didn't know that. that I is didn't know just that. utter, utter genius. And well, yeah. isn't that doesn't um, Russell Peters do? Does Russell Peters do that? No, he, he's only in English. He does, but he does the impressions. Like he's he came. He's actually. Oh, Joe Avardi does that as yeah, well. Joe Avardi, Italian, yeah, Joe Avardi. Yeah, yeah. Russell Peters. He's the YouTube phenomenon with like because he's um. I think he's uh, he's here. Actually, he might be here. He's in Australia at the moment, and he's sold out Acer Arena. Oh yeah, just that little venue. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Just eighteen thousand. But yeah, just on YouTube, and because it's funny. Like I, I've got a couple of friends who are Indian, and I was talking to them one day, and they're, oh, you do comedy? Do you know Russell Peters? And I go, <laughs> I, at this stage, I didn't know, and I'm like, no. And he goes, oh, he's amazing. You've got to see. Him. And they showed me this clip, and it's like, oh wow. And like this is someone they didn't know. Australian comics, but they knew Russell Peters. Well, that was what was weird for me. The first time Russell Peters came in here, I'm not, um, nor do I have a problem with anyone who is, but I'm not a comedy nerd. Yeah. I, and I realised um, a few years back that some of my mates kept listing off these guys. I'm like, why do you know these people? Because they're watching them. Mm. And I, it's not that I don't get into it. It's just if I'm going to watch something on YouTube or buy a DVD of something, I will be of grand designs or architecture. <laughs> <laughs> I will, Man, I will watch that. It, I was watching it falling asleep last night. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. What? Well, just put it in perspective, though. Like, you know, accountants don't come home and watch, you know, YouTube exactly. clips of accountants. Exactly. But then maybe some accountants do. And there's yeah. uh, some comics that are really into mm. to comedians and, and the history of it and all that. And I, yeah. and it's wonderful to talk with them because then I learn and yeah. learn about my art form. Uh, but when Russell Peters first came out, somebody said, oh, I think it was even my brother. He goes, oh, have you... Heard of Russell Peters? And I went, nah, never heard of him. Been doing comedy for about nine years at that point. Yeah. And he sold out Rod Laver Arena in Melbourne. I'm like, how have I not heard of a comic that can sell out Rod Laver Arena and I'm a comedian? Like, yeah. that's unbelievable. Yeah, that is pretty funny. But I think with him, like, obviously, like, there's the, he was that stage where he sort of came, snuck onto the scene and, well, not snuck, obviously, when you're selling, you know, two <laughs> 20,000 tickets, you yeah, don't, but yeah. I don't think he's sort of like, obviously, when our exposure to comics, they come and do festivals, yeah, I guess but he's so. sort of, he's probably too big to do Melbourne now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, like, he's he's here at yeah. the moment doing Rod Laver. But even like, or I, Hisense or I listen to like, there's other podcasts, the Joe Rogan podcast and Joe's a, do you know Joe Rogan? No. Hosts the UFC, host of Fear Factor. Uh, you know, he maybe. was in. Do you ever see news radio, the TV show? Yes, I do know. He was the repair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. But I mean, he's now a pretty massive comic in his own right. His podcast is the number one. Yeah, right. Uh, so yeah, Dave, if you're listening, this keyword Joe Rogan podcast in, so we'll get some downloads. <laughs> but he had Russell Peters on the show. He was a friend of his, and even he didn't know how massive he was because the, the. I remember hearing an interview. He goes to Russell. So you're in Canada. He goes. What what venue were you doing? And he goes, hang on, that's a hockey theatre. He goes, yeah, well, there's 15,000 people there. And that's his mate didn't know how big wow. the guy had become. Yeah, it's phenomenal, isn't it? It is. A sort of, yeah, but it's just the new man. Anyway, I've got an 84-seater in Melbourne. Yeah, and, an 84-seater. Uh, well, what's the I'm, show about this I've year? I've sold uh, 30 tickets, so, oh, you know, for so the whole is... run. You know, I'm, me and Russ. Me and Russ. Yeah. similar. Yeah. Saw a picture that um, Punchline DVD retweeted the other day of Russell Peters, of this is my, um, this is where I'll live for the next 18 hours. And it was his seat on the Qantas flight. And it's like a room. 
<laughs> That's it's a class. room. Yeah. Like it's a whole room. It's not even a seat. Like there's two chairs in there, and there's like a little sink area. Oh. And then I just so wished that I could have tweeted my seat of my flights yeah. with my six foot four body, with my knees jammed in against the seat. No, what you should have done, you should have gone um, gone to a Tiger Airlines place, seen the cancel flight, go. This was supposed to be my flight yeah. to Sydney for two yeah. hours. Yeah. Um, anyone anyone got a ride? <laughs> well, I think now you're doing the festival. What's your show this year? The the show is uh, is very accurately called some kind of something. Have <laughs> a guess what that's about? So, well, uh, nothing. Well, you got uh, last year. You you had Zumba in your title. Well, got- every year I've themed a show from the first one, um, Son of a Preacher Man, to yeah. the Kingswood Nye, and then Hot Frankenstein, which was a, a a taunt I got from Sam Simmons. He goes, "You know what you are? You're fucking Hot Frankenstein." You're like a monster. I remember that year you were there. I was in the cook bar. Um, the, is the cook bar. Cook bar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I remember you walking up to Sam and going, Sam, thanks for the name of your show. I had three people tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a fun scene. No, no, it was. Yeah, no, it was it just, but it was one of those fun. But then I had, you know, um, personal space and that was all about architecture and how it sort of changes us. That was a fucking disaster. Anyway, um, and then last year I had Let Zumba, which was about body image from a male perspective. Mm. Uh, oh no! Then I had I Heart Bunnings, I Heart know, Bunnings, which was not about Bunnings, but about my two brothers who were both carpenters and how I love them and miss them because I live down in Melbourne. And then let mm. uh, Zumba that <laughs> that I got sued or threatened oh. with legal action from Zumba International for using their name. And the only reason I've ever used all these names is I don't have a huge profile. I don't have mm. I don't have TV or radio fame. Yeah. I don't have any media. And so you've got to use a hook. you got to mm. get people in. Yeah. Use a little hook and whatever you can do to get them in. And so that was all I just thought. It's a yeah. funny title. Let's Zumba uh, with me in a stupid Zumba outfit. And so they must have Google alerts on their name. And wow. we got this cease and desist letter. Oh. And then my manager at the time did this bounce backwards and forwards. I'm like, let's just change the name, man. I don't yeah. give a shit. We'll just change the name. And I went backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. Um, and then they said, he has to put a disclaimer on the poster uh, saying, Harley Breen is in no way involved with Zumba International for a good Zumba workout. Go to Zumba.com. And I went, absolutely not. Yeah, no, you're not absolutely giving Absolutely not. Free. I'm not. Like... I'm already feel a little bit corporate sell out for using your name. I'm not going to, mm. for free, sell your... Yeah. So I said no to it and changed the title to Shape Up, but because it was still online... Uh, sorry, it was still... Uh, the guide had gone guide to print. Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. All I could do was change online and change my posters. Mm. Um, they made me have that on the door to each of my venues that I performed in. I'm like, yeah, no worries. Like, anyone's going to see that in the wall of posters <laughs> that is everywhere. Like, no one ever read it. Oh no, that it was well, always that, up, but yeah, you know. but yeah, oh, that's that's amazing because I, I got to like last year. I've sort of hit the point like I'm in the same situation with you. No one really knows other than my friends who I am. Yeah. So yeah. I, and also I hit early. Like I did my first show about quitting my job. My second show was a bit about me. I'm sick of talking about myself. Yeah. Well. So yeah. It's... Last year I did a show about pro wrestling, and Sweet. this year and now that I'm a bit worried about the lawsuit, I'm doing a show about Guns and Roses. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, and I didn't think of that, like, because it's the show's called Mark Williamson's Guns and Roses. So I'm <laughs> hoping that's going to get me around, you know, because I reckon Axel is the suing type. Well, they don't. Guns and Roses is is a sentence. Yeah. 
like it's just don't use logos don't use things that yeah no no we don't yeah my, my guy yeah. came back with a poster he's like he's redone appetite for destruction i'm like nah you just asked well bunnings didn't give a shit that i used their name but technically i didn't because their name is bunnings warehouse <gasps> but we we approached them and said you know do you want some sort of deal for your um staff if you just send this little um flyer around your internal email and they ju- basically came back with we don't really give a shit that you exist good luck with everything Wow, they didn't want to have anything to do with it. That's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah, the Zumba one, I thought they would have maybe come on board. I didn't realize Zumba. That's what I thought. I, I didn't thought... think it was that big. Like, to be honest, so massive. Yeah, like, so massive. And, I, you know, I think they were looking at it from the perspective of if someone's bought a Zumba franchise and all you're doing is basically buying the rights to use their name and yeah. going to look at me in the festival and going, well, why can he just use it? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I was like, well, I don't care. So this year, some kind of something is just a stand up show. Uh, just to stand up, nice, nice. Which uh, effectively, that's all my shows have ever been. But um, yeah, there's just no, there's this no. This year, there's no narrative. You're not going to end it up, and that was something of some. And this is the message behind it. It'll just be, oh, there's my time. Thanks. See you later. I guess that was some kind of something. I have opened myself up for reviews, uh, starting with, I guess you could call Harley's new show some kind of something. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> One yeah. star. Well, I think they'll give you at least two just because you've saved them the opening paragraph. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Give us an extra one for writing your material, you fuckwits. Now, you did a show a couple of years ago about locking yourself in a bathroom. That was the personal space. The personal space. Yeah. yeah. Where'd you get that idea from? Well, uh, look, I want to say first, I was proud of the show. I loved the show. Lawrence Mooney directed it. We worked really hard on it. Um, I I just think it didn't translate to audiences coming in. Like once the people were in, I had a great time yeah, yeah, with yeah. all the audiences in Brisbane and in Melbourne. It was just it was very late up the arse end of the city, and so it didn't have a great selling pitch. People were like, what? I don't really know about that. Yeah. I what inspired me was I saw a YouTube clip of a guy who got stuck in an elevator for forty one hours. Oh wow! Forty two hours, I think it was forty one. When they were doing maintenance, he went down for a cigarette. He came back in the elevator and it goes cuckoo. And it's this time-lapse footage of him stuck in an elevator. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's like, wow, what, what would I do in that situation? Mm. So I uh, I sort of went about trying to recreate it and just put up closed-circuit cameras and film myself in the bathroom and then built a show in a three-act structure of different um, subject matter of stand-up about my size, about um, the space around us, and then about other people's personal space yeah. issues, and then interspersed with that with these little um, sort of little theatrette style reenactments of my time in the bathroom with a marionette puppet of myself. It was too <laughs> high concept, yeah. and so I'd perform that off stage with a video camera um, projecting that up onto a screen which was the biggest mistake because people thought it wasn't live. So they weren't interact. I should have just done it in front of people with yeah. the video camera so they could see it, but I should have been up there on stage anyway. So they did that and then at the end played the time-lapse footage of me in the bathroom. But it was all too messy. Yeah. I think what I should have done is just focused on the emotions of in the bathroom and just talk and, and created a whole story out of that. Yeah, because well, actually in my stand up, I didn't talk about it at all. Because <laughs> nah. I remember, like, when a couple, it would have been about a year ago, my girlfriend, her, she lives at home with her parents and her sister, and the dad was renovating. The sister got locked in the bathroom for a night. Like, wow. like she, I, she was supposed to go to a party at seven. They all left at seven. She said, "I'll catch up." Had the bath, and she was there till everyone got home at like two a.m. Wow. And yeah, and it was, she was like, "Oh, it was cold. It was this," and I'm like, 
you got a festival show there. Harley's, <laughs> you know, I'll give you Harley's. She didn't, she didn't laugh. She didn't find that funny. Right. Well, I did. I was aiming for 42 hours. 42. And I did 27. Uh, because, and I'm sure that there are many, many, many people mm. that could do, it's not a big deal. It's not even a big arse. You can yeah. lie in a room for that long. You can do it. Yeah. I am not one of those people. <laughs> I cannot no, do it. I went a little bit crazy. I did not cope. Yeah. Cause my, a friend of mine, uh, Seizure, we always have this, if we ever get famous, we want to do a reality show or not. We want to just basically a bet between us who could last the longest in a prison cell, like. In itself, you just do that. Fuck fame. Fuck fame. Do it. We probably, yeah, but just like because we've got the challenge. He goes, like we've got, you know, you're allowed to go in there with one item, and it's basically who can last thirty days. You get your meal a day. You got your one item, and he reckons I can't. He goes, oh, I'll do it easily. Now this is a guy who's on Facebook twenty four seven. Right. I can't see how he's going to go because obviously the phone's not going to be the the thing you're allowed in. Like, if you were to do that, what would you be... Like, if you had the bathroom here, what would you take in? Well, I only allowed myself to take one thing in, yep. ironically. I, um, so I had nothing of... Uh, there was no stimulant in there. There was no... I had running water, obviously. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And no food. And uh, I took in a notebook. A notebook. Which is what I'd take in yeah. to, the, to so your to the prison re- scenario as well. Like, uh, I would want to write my thoughts down. And I write my thoughts down, and not one of them was in the show, because it was fucked up. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be crazy, it'd be crazy. <laughs> There's some crazy shit coming out of my head. Ah, so- which I think now I'd like to look back at and turn it into a show, but maybe not a comedy festival one, maybe a fringe show. Bit of fringe show. No, yeah. Well, I was thinking my item would be, I think I'd take a tennis ball in. Oh, yeah. So keep, keep the brain active. I made one. You, ma- you made one? Yeah, I made one in the, uh, in, out of paper. I, got, I've, I kept it. I made this. Um, so I had a water bottle in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I took in water bottles, even oh, though I had you... running water. So I took in like three water bottles. And then it totally wanted something to throw up against the wall. And so I plaited paper together. <laughs> I had a lot of time to kill. Of course. And then created this weave of a ball that actually would bounce off the wall. That's it. And just bump, bump, bump. See, you yeah. didn't get that. Once you created the tennis ball, you didn't think, hang on, if I spend a week in here, I could be solving world problems. Well, then what I did is I burnt, I had a, I didn't realize I had a lighter in my pocket. This, this is looking like less and less like I took one thing in, but I had a lighter in my pocket and burnt a hole in the bottle uh, and then sat the bottle up on this rack um, in the bath and then sat in the bath and tried to get it in the hole. <laughs> And it's funny how you, you know, the human brain, you got to have, yeah. you got to create a problem and then try and fix it. You got to yeah. create something to keep you yeah, entertained. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah, just like an animal well, in it's a cage. Tr- it's like, because people go into those isolation tanks. That's sort of yeah. the trend at the moment where you just, you go in there, you're floating because it's all salt and just, you're trapped with your own thoughts. And oh, some gross. people just cannot. Yeah. Do, and no. yeah, you've done it there where you're like, oh, like, I need to play basketball. <laughs> yeah. But you sort yeah. of say that, like, when iPhones, smartphones came out, They've got yeah. what was one of the first games? That one where you flick the um, rubber on uh, the piece of um, scrunched up paper into the waste paper. Oh, basket. that's right. Yeah, remember yeah, that. Now yeah. Angry Birds is a variation yes, of it. Yeah. So even now, when we've got iPhone, which has access to the internet, which has all everything, doing, you can look yeah. up classical literature. You can learn, but yeah. we're pretty much just throwing stuff. We're in, just flicking a screen, flicking, flicking it into Flickety the paper. Flick, flick. Yeah. Flick. Oh, that. Oh, that's great. That's great. Pause. Yeah, so you're on in the middle of a tour. What's the rest of the year fold for you? Well, so at the moment I'm I'm on the the festival juggernaut. I, I did two weeks in Adelaide, and then I've just come up here to Sydney for a week uh, at the store, and then um, I'm 
in Canberra and then back to Adelaide again because I love Adelaide. I love oh. Adelaide Fringe. I think it's excellent. Then I do the Brisbane Comedy Festival. Brisbane? With, this is where Some Kind of Something debuts. Oh, dear God, I haven't written it. <laughs> then Melbourne and then a little bit of roadshow with the Melbourne Comedy Festival. And then after that, I am doing a national tour of um, I Heart Bunnings. Oh, perfect. So all on my lonesome. All on um, that. Now, how would people know? you got a website? Yeah, I do, but it's not. Anyway, will there be harleybreen.com.au, but I haven't built it yet. It's It still directs you to another website from an old management. Um, let's just say that that's the website, and I'll that's, get that's, we'll busy get, and we'll get make those, sure I build We'll one. get those dates up. But if not, just in the interim, say say something comes up. Um, Twitter? Yeah, Twitter, absolutely, at, at Harley Breen. At Harley Breen. Or Facebook is .com forward slash Harley Breen. Harley Breen, perfect. And your DVD, The Kingswood and I, Yes. how do we get a hold of that? Punchline. Punchline. Would be best. Punchline.com.au. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell Milan you want you want to get an extra copy. Get it for a free. I think it's, I think it's about uh, worth a dollar now. <laughs> it's come down. No, I think it might be actually 10 bucks online. 10 bucks. Get well, it. you can buy it off me live for 20. <laughs> there you go. Go see him. Buy the DVD live. You know, he's got a kid. Come yeah, on, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to yeah. feed it. Yeah. But I'd give it, you know, maybe maybe buy twenty and throw him some baby food as well. That'd be perfect. Well, Harley, thanks so much for coming by Edge HQ. Thank you for being in Sydney. Looking forward Pleasure, to catching man. up. And yeah, thank you, Cheers, Dave. Man. Hit the music. We'll see you next week, guys. <laughs>